Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. From the world's first officially recognised sim racing group, it's the Tora Radio Show. Hello, radio listeners. I am your host this week, Ben Williams. I have rustled away the reins of the show from our UK colleagues, and our booth is full of US hosts this week. Uh, joining me as ever is Mr. Lewis Satterley. Hello. Yes, taking it away from the Brits, we shall... We, we've declared our independence. Uh, we'll give it back you? next week. Yes. <laughs> also joining us this week is Mr. Tyler Jones. Tyler is our head steward over at Tora, and he's also the team manager for Lazarus Esports Racing. Yes, yes, indeed. Occasionally drive, mostly sit behind, and uh, put a headset on, just listening on things. So, on tonight's program, we are going to talk about esports racing, because this is the Toyota Radio Show, where we do occasionally talk about sim racing news. That occasion becomes fewer and fewer as the show goes on. So, we're going to talk about some of the latest things in esports, and um, we're going to also offer a kind of a beginner's guide for those who are becoming a little bit more interested in this little niche hobby that we have here during this pandemic. So first thing we're going to talk about are more esports championships have popped up. It has become a trend in this quarantine pandemic little situation that we have going on here that real life sanctioning bodies are pretty much filling the void of all the various cancellations of events that we've had um, throughout the last three or four weeks or so. And they've started moving their real championships over to a sim racing title of their choice. Which mostly it's been iRacing. Is F1 doing theirs via their Codemasters game? or They are, yeah. IMSA did their Super Saturday event last week. Um, huge list of IMSA teams and drivers. We had the full Ready Loma crew. It was actually quite an interesting event to watch just because the amount of taking it seriously versus we're going to have some fun with this was pretty noticeable. I mean, the two BMWs that did end up dominating everyone were cars that um, BMW had actually put the racer, the racing engineers involved with so that they were actually like prepared to race you can kind of say oh those guys were cheating because this is supposed to be taken seriously ah, but I, I just think it was a, it added an interesting niche into the little into the event overall if you well keep the mind sharp as well mm-hmm. i mean keep the engineers in practice i mean not to say that they're not already in practice to begin with but i mean allows them to be entertained at the same time we'll put it that way and this is definitely for the fans entertainment overall i think just because of the nature of like everyone locked down, it's all bloom and groom and things like that. Um, do you have any gloom and doom? I think is yes. what you were looking for. Yes, yeah, so that is what I was looking for. Do you, Tyler, do you have any opinions? Oh, I always have opinions on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but but your opinion, I... it is gloom and doom, right? <laughs> um, not, not always. I think it's really interesting that they've um, that you know using iRacing specifically. I think that that was an, a fairly easy move because of the different affiliations. The you know uh, 
you know, like IMSA and IndyCar has um, a series, I believe, coming out. You know, they've you know they've talked about. It. I think it's starting in a few weeks. Um, you know, they're getting drivers together for that. They, we had Super Saturday. That was. Um, you know that took place this past weekend. Uh, NASCAR, you know, they just had their Pro Invitational um, on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and that was a absolute barn burner. At the end of the race, it was a little, little sketch until we got to the end, but yeah, you know, we made it there. I think um, it was they, ten cautions in a hundred laps, something like that. Well, I think what it comes down to as well is there's a combination, and, and they've talked about this on almost every broadcast, no matter what the series, is you have your people who are familiar with the sim and, you know, using uh, simulators to, you know, get up to speed on certain tracks and to practice things. Mm-hmm. And then there's those who have never used one, more old school, and, you know, you know, track time is practice time. Yeah. And the, uh, there's a stark difference between yeah, those it definitely who get it and don't. <laughs> Um, and it, it kind of, it, it takes, it takes away from the racing a little bit, you know, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to catch the entire, um, F1, uh, because there was two F1 races actually to, to answer. We had, uh, Veloce was doing the, not, not the Grand Prix, you know, uh, last week they had, they went to, you know, they did Melbourne and then, uh, this week they're going to Bahrain. Um, and then F1 esports has decided to have their own event, which, Oddly enough, didn't have any of the esports competitors. I thought it was really strange um, because they're most familiar. Yeah, uh, but it's more of a, more of a celebrity race, and like the start of the race, like Johnny Heber like caught the entire like first turn and gained fifteen spots. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, we want to be entertaining, but you know, it, it comes to you know, th- th- there's a certain point where like there has to be some sort of uh, expectation set for those that are um, you know being brought in. Like, you have to bring the people in that can provide an entertaining race and not just clout chase the whole way so i think you know this is still a new concept um i think that they'll refine it over a few weeks i think uh considering uh the path that COVID 19 pandemic is taking right now i think we'll have plenty of time uh to sort it out so so yeah you know these first couple weeks are going to be a little helter skelter but i think uh you know come you know, mid-April, end of April, so I think we'll, they'll have a solid formula, and hopefully, I think this is what everyone hopes for, is that it takes esports racing from a niche and a sideshow to someone saying, hey, this is actually entertaining. Um, I think the NASCAR race did that a little bit once Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon got their, you know, got the legs underneath them and, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out how the uh, how iRacing works. Um, give them a few more tries, and uh, I, I think they've got a solid uh, recipe for success. Yeah. So that was something I actually did want to talk about in today's show is that whenever this whole pandemic thing blows over, whenever we're allowed to, you know, go outside and do things as normal as we usually do, um, do we think that um, sim racing is going to see this boom continue or is it going to just be like climb, 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 pandemic's over, cliff, straight down, back to normal? Well, uh my opinion on that is I think you're going to see it climb, and when we get back to normal racing, you're going to see it plateau. And my thoughts on that are simply because you got all these people that are getting into it now because they see that it's an easily accessible thing, mm-hmm. which it is incredibly easy if you think about it, which we're going to delve into that later on. It's just a lot of decisions. But uh, it's an easy thing to get into, and then it's going to be like, well, I could possibly race this guy, or I can race this guy, I can race this guy, or whatever, and the same things that they're doing, and – all of a sudden, I'm going to get real racing back, and it's going to be like, okay, I'll watch the race, and that's going on over there. And then anybody else who comes a new fan, sadly, I think it's just going to stick with watching it. Yeah. 
I think you can have both. Um, the biggest thing for me, watching um, broadcast of various titles, obviously the camera angles of whatever uh, title you're you know, watching it very greatly from realistic to more of a cinematic approach. Um, you know, we the race, we are the race, I should say, it has had their invitational two weeks in a row now. I think that they ran theirs, they ran theirs yesterday, and the first week you ran it on Sunday. I think that they're trying to, uh, um, you know, avoid some of the conflicts that F1, you know, esports and what Veloce is trying to do. Um, but to me, I mean, being perfectly honest, watching Art Factor 2 is not enjoyable. Um, just the camera angles and the way that the cars move on track. Um, same it is a bit from, difficult to watch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. With that. So, same thing a little bit with F1 esports. Like the cars, like, there's lag, and the cars are kind of helter skelter on track, and it makes it a little bit like it makes it a little hard to watch. Yeah. When when the uh, you know when you're in a controlled setting like in a LAN, um, like when you have the actual you know F1 Pro esports events, it's limited. Same thing with Forza, but like if you watch it just a standard online race, which is what these essentially are. Um, it gets a little hairy. iRacing does a really good job, in my opinion, of um, well, its camera angles as well as its, uh, you know, the cars and their appearance on track. You know, when you watch the replay cams, um, well, you know, watching the broadcast on Fox Sports 1. Uh, first of all, just huge shout out. Fox Sports 1 carrying the Pro Invitational for NASCAR. I mean, that's yeah. cable channel. You know, that's that's not that's not Twitch necessarily. You know, that's, that's beyond the realm of what we normally get into. Um, so a lot of eyes are on it. You know, I, I texted my father. I was like, hey, watch this. And he just said, Wow, that finish. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he has a little bit of an interest in it because of what I've done over the past few years. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, watching like iRacing and, that, you know, they've had, um, I think the finale for last year's uh, Pro Series was on NBC because I know that they do the split with the, the NASCAR broadcasting rights. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're getting there. But, but, yeah, but back to the point, um, yeah, the, the camera angles and and making it seem realistic and not look like a complete game, I think, is important. Um, and there are some titles that do a lot better than that than others. So I, yeah. I think once you get to that, once you get to that point right there, where you can watch something and you don't a you don't cringe when you're watching it because of something that you know or some like weird camera angle or some car looks strange or whatever. Yeah, I think that's the point where it starts being entertaining because there is there are certain events and racing and things that are just as you know that are you know virtual that are just as entertaining as a real life counterparts. And that's the other good thing about all this actually going on carrying on with what tyler says i think all this exposure and going down to exactly what he said it's only going to get better now because you have more eyes on it now people are coming to this to be entertained and watch it not so much participate and be a part of it yeah um look at lando norris is he, he these record-breaking numbers on twitch like if this whole f1's um, career doesn't work out he can just go stream on twitch and he'd be just fine I think you'd rather stay in the seat of McLaren. I mean, obviously, but <laughs> that, that contract. But no, yeah. uh, no, the. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's drivers that you know stream like you know the ones that pop into my mind um, offhand. You have uh, obviously Lando, you yeah. have Nikki Tim, um, yeah. and you know there are also various other. Um, Which, if anybody wants a good laugh, go watch Nikki Tim. Yeah, watching Nikki is a riot. It really uh, is. He's he, he's quite a character. He's uh, and, uh, factory, factory definitely don't have the kids around whenever you have him on. No, uh, I would not suggest that. <laughs> not suggest yeah. that at all. No, um, yeah, but great entertaining stream. But but yeah, no, I, that's and that's that, 
that's really what it comes down to is is the entertainment value and and yeah. not cringing when you're watching something because once you do that i think you're all right yeah i don't think we'll ever get away from the whole internet troll like oh these guys aren't driving actual cars where's the skill in this ah, that we saw um after the um esport finale that we saw on nbc where it was just well great but he's still a nerd playing a video game yeah that's <laughs> you're never gonna get away from that you'll never get away he's gonna have that people yeah. just don't quite get it if that makes sense i mean i think this exposure will help people get it just a little bit more but you're still gonna have the people that they're just kind of closed-minded to the whole thing if you think about it, though, racing esports, um, for as niche of a product as it is, mm-hmm. if you, it is the, I, there's there's a couple others that come to mind, but it is like one of the very few where a professional broadcast most, like most closely mimics the real life counterpart. As you think about it, right? Like you can't, I mean, you, you know, there's no, you know, Call of Duty is an esport, but you can't. I mean, the real life counterpart is literally war. That's yeah. something, right? I mean, that's a whole different thing. I mean, even like your Madden, you know, or uh, or FIFA, you know, you play that with a controller. Like you're not, you're not physically active, you know, like kicking the ball around or or you're throwing it. In the case of like American football and Madden, mm-hmm. um, Rocket League is obviously just a you know as a as a fantasy style game, and you know others like that. You know, racing, literally, you know, what they call it. A, you know, we use a simulator. It's one of the very few where that is the case, and I think that that's the appeal uh you know that you can use uh for ad- advertising you can use they say well you know yeah yeah this isn't you know real real you know but it looks the closest yeah you well know? and you can actually use a wheel the only thing you're li- losing out on is a g-force and heat the g-force the heat the um something that i think it was jeff gordon that said it during broadcast was that you don't feel the brush of wind coming from the left from um, the driver's side window whenever you're beside someone where you can feel like oh, it's a little bit less pressure so I'm not in that side draft or something. Yeah, the f- along those I'll lines. say the, yeah. 4D, the 4D impressions or sensations you don't get. You don't get the you don't get the, like we said, the G, the heat, the smells. Yeah. Oddly enough, the taste of like like anybody who's been behind somebody on a vehicle, I mean, certain smoke comes off, and you can also taste the smell, sort of thing. Yeah, not trying to be weird, but you you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know. Um, we get we we get you. Yeah. So, but stuff like that, you're not going to be able to experience, obviously, on an esports thing. But, um, I, but I don't think we're going to be too far behind something similar. I mean, everybody's got racing rigs, which actually. Now I'll go on a tangent with that. We won't go into that. But racing yeah. rigs that kind of simulate G forces. We're starting to get to that point, and then maybe I was going to say way down in the future things where we could go ahead and go into the 4D thing, and there's some way that they can make it to where you get all those sensations like smells and everything like that. that but I see that way down the road, possibly not even in our generation. Uh, I don't so. think that I don't think that will happen in our lifetime, at least. Not to say that it won't happen. I just don't find. Oh it yeah, likely. I fully agree. Yeah, that was just my imagination run wild, running wild. Yeah. It doesn't do that often, but I mean, but yeah. <laughs> all right. Moving away from <laughs> moving smells um, of esport. Yeah, smells of esport. <laughs> yeah, of e-sport. 
Oh, I was trying not to make that awkward, um, but you guys sponsored by Axe Body Spray. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you can have tire burning Axe Spray. Whatever the car spins out, you spray that. <laughs> anyway, oh, no. um, moving away kind of from <laughs> you just the... gave me an idea, Tyler. I'm going to patent that as soon as I get the chance. Yeah. Oh, no. Moving away from the real life um, eSport <laughs> kind of ports, moving back into kind of what we usually talk about in the show, where we talk about. Um, esport competitions. Um, there was a big bomb, well, bomb that was dropped last week that Forza has decided to cancel their spring 2020 season of the Forza Racing. So, of the sorry, the Forza Racing Championship. Um, they said, with the world in the midst of a global health crisis and the health and safety of our production crew, hosts, and drivers being our top priority, we have made the difficult decision to not move ahead with the Forza RC spring season. Um, so there were um, many different reactions to this, but I think by and large in kind of our little tour community, and I think this was shared with most of the drivers who compete in the Forza Racing Championship, was that we found this decision very strange. Um, there have been sites like not just like Tora, there have been other Forza sites out there that have run um, successful competitions with staff that are literally spread out all over the globe. Like if you look at just Tora as a micro, just a, just look at Tora as a microcosm, I guess I can say. Um, there's a staff member in Maine that would be Tyler. I'm in Pennsylvania. Lewis is in Florida. Um, the Tour of VP right now, Ted Toker is in is in Georgia, and then we have Matt and Jordan in the UK. We have Dom and Tom. Yeah, we got dudes all over the we, world. We got people all over the world. I mean, we even have um, we have Aussies. We have, yeah, we have an Aussie on staff right now. So, ha- having made this decision, it seems very odd to us because obviously you can run a successful championship with people over the place. I mean, we've been doing it at tour for 10 years now. Um, so it just seems like an odd choice to cancel an entire season, especially when we're in this boom of esports right now that we just got talked about for like 15 minutes. Um, so if, if I may, Ben, go ahead. I was going to say, if you ask me, this is just another example and we've talked about it numerous times of turn 10 dropping the ball altogether. I mean, we've talked about it before on the content of the games and stuff like that. Now they're dropping the ball on basically the core thing that's going to be holding people together for during this time while we're quarantined off or what have you or anything like that. And meantime, you see iRacing who saw it as a marketing ploy and are running with it and running away from everybody else with it. Not to mention with Codemasters with F1 and another one that actually just got announced. Wasn't it Assetto Corsa with uh, the GT World Challenge Championship? Yeah. Um, yeah, that just got announced on Sunday yeah, as well. Not to so, mention, and I almost forgot to put this on the run of show, um, Race Room opened up its doors and said, hey, do you want to try Race Room? It's free right now. Yeah, everything on Race Room is free. And here is Forta over here. Just dropping the ball saying, no, we're going to shut everything down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just another example. And 
dare I say it, and I hate to be this derogatory about it, I think there seriously needs to be a management shakeup over at Turn 10 if they want to continue to be successful. Because ever since Forza 4, they, and we've refer- referenced it numerous times, they've been going downhill. They've done a few good things good, but since that title, they have done nothing but not even come close to what that title was. Yeah. And what its capabilities were. Um, yeah, um, Tyler, I can kind of tell you're chomping at the bit to throw in your opinion on yeah, here. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to step back because Tyler has been an FRC competitor and um, was planning on having a team in the FRC. So he has a perspective on this that we just. Don't. Oh, okay. So yeah, we got inside perspective. This is great. Then yeah, if I may, um, keep it friendly. Obviously. No, 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 no. It's it's all good. Actually, my take is probably a little bit less controversial than than Louis's. Um, so well, he, here's that's here's surprising. Uh, it, it is. Um, but here's the deal. I think with uh, with Forza RC in its future. Um, the first thing I'm gonna say is, um, you know, uh, first of all, just you know, thoughts and thoughts and prayers to everyone in, in the Seattle area. For those that don't may not realize, turn ten is based in Redmond, Washington. It's a suburb outside of Seattle. I've been to their offices before. You know, it's, it's within a stone's yeah. throw. Um, they were, you know, Seattle was the first city and the first, you know, is ground zero for the COVID-19 outbreak um, in the United States. That is a very important fact because even if, you know, in this tweet reference, you know, it, it, you know, save, you know, at the risk of, you know, our production crews, um, even to do an online championship, there has to be some sort of coordination um, between multiple staff members. Um, iRacing, for example, their their uh, home offices are actually based in Massachusetts, and they did have some form of crew to help produce um, the pro-invitational race, and F1 Esports had to do the same, whether it be the Veloce offices or or even the uh, you know at the uh, Gfinity Arena. Um, to where the uh, the virtual Grand Prix took place on Sunday, there has to be some sort of crew, and I think Seattle's in a position where that's just not possible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, <laughs> I'm going to backtrack here and maybe have a little bit more controversial opinion that I kind of teased out on Twitter. Um, there has been absolutely zip zero not a communication from those who run uh, for RC and the teams. Done. Zip absolutely nothing okay um this is a massive disaster that i do find surprising well yeah well, i mean I, at least something yeah at least something you know I mean, i've been communicating with tyler about this just because we try to you know plan accordingly so we aren't um like running over forza rc championships and things like that but I'm right, we're, yeah, we're very accommodating. I can agree with that yeah but i'm kind of not surprised and yet surprised that they didn't tell the teams anything like, I, well, well I, I would assume that they tell the teams first before the announcement was made live. Oh, and they didn't. Here's here's oh, the thing. Really? <laughs> no. No, oh, no, okay, no. Then. No, teams found out uh from what I from what I understand, I guess uh Forza Race Marshals and the community team was informed the day before mm-hmm. so that they could help moderate uh the Discord and ask, you know, questions to try to, you know, mitigate uh the incoming uh hate train. But they didn't, you know, I never got an email. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's, and this has happened a couple of years in a row now, and I think that most of us took this for granted, is that Turn 10 strategy on communication uh, with the teams and planning their events, you know, the most that they have did 
and I can speak about it because it's past tense. You know, we started the process for planning the Invitational Series back in March of last year. Um, teams were brought together and ideas were thrown around and the process was, you know, evolving over the, over the spring of 2019. And then, uh, you know, there was a test in May, there was talks of a, you know, they were going to have a summer online series that ended up getting postponed. And we just did the invitational series that started at the end of September, Mm -hmm. ran through the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. The thing is, is up until that point, until they actually reached out to us, uh, you know, in 2019, we didn't hear boo, you know, after the 2018 season. And this season was going the same. So people have been organizing their teams and reorganizing teams because, well, it, it was normal, right? Yeah. Uh, it's you know, been... That's what you do during offseason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're used to the lack of communication and it put everyone in a, and put every, you know, there was a false sense of security there because, you know, you know, they say, you know, no news is good news, but, you know, no news was normal from turn 10. You know, their communication with us was fairly minimal until they were ready to actually tell us something. Yeah, and uh, thinking about it, I think your team and the Ripple esports team were the only two teams that didn't have a driver change between um, the end of this last season and what was going to be this season. There's been a lot of basically horse trading that's been going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I, there were some teams that were organized together and, you know, some organizational changes. And then um, I really should talk. Yeah, I can talk about that. Um, obviously, in my position, you know, yeah, don't I don't reveal any secrets. But yeah. no, no, I mean, there's there's a certain amount of, um, you know, as a, you know, as a person who's been around the, you know, the, the racing community in the Forza racing community for a long time and someone who's you know kind of been in the trenches with a lot of these guys, you know, you know, it kind of in the back end of things you hear, you know, there's rumors, obviously the rumor mill is always churning out new things. So there's certain reasons why team moves have happened. And, but the thing, the thing that kills me is this, you know, COVID-19, uh, you know, outbreak did not just, it didn't pop up overnight. Right, it didn't no, land. Is, it, I'm trying it, to remember. It's been going on since November. Yeah, it was November, wasn't it? Well, it didn't land in the US. In the world. Well, it didn't, it didn't land, land in the US until after 2020. I know that much. It was in January, I believe. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah. you know, at any rate, here's the thing: is that, in my opinion, we should have, at the bare minimum, someone should have just, you know, it takes 15 minutes to construct an email with a grammar check, mm-hmm. and says, "Listen, you know, we're monitoring the situation very closely." We will let you know what's going on with our tournament. It's just something. So everyone planned. So everyone, like I said, you know, everyone's been planning their teams out because they expect for things to just, you know, to to go on. And considering, you know, the amount of, you know, shelter in place, quarantine, you know, all of these different policies, there's going to there's a lot more traffic on the Internet, whether that be, you know, banging through another run through of Love is Blind or or, or what or have you. You know, there's a lot more eyes on. Um, online gaming events because just just because of the nature of things mm-hmm. and you know we talk about iRacing you know absolutely you know jumping up you know and trying to make things work but mind you it's because their team can work right now that might change right that might change the spring you know Massachusetts is quite a little hotbed um, with you know with Boston being where it is and they've had a, a, a lot of cases um, you know just you know, just in that area, Massachusetts isn't a large state, so that you know that could come to a screeching halt. Um, same thing with uh, with UK, with with those you know, Veloce is based out of London. Yeah. Uh, uh, those that run the virtual Grand Prix, you know, that's um, this Gfinity Arena. They're based out of London. That could change quickly. Um, you know, with the shelter in place rules. 
um, or just a lockdown, you know, that would that would shut everything down, you know. Um, so that, but the thing is, is that turn ten, those who you know, NGE, you know, those who run uh, Forza RC, mm-hmm. they literally didn't tell anybody anything at all as teams were being announced in the past like two weeks. You had THR, which was announced the was the last week of February, first week of March, just like three weeks ago. Yeah. And Williams just announced their team like last week. At that point, I am sh- I'm almost dead certain that Turn Ten was saying, "Well, we're not going to be able to do X because you know because of the, you know COVID nineteen right now." And at that, at any point, they could have stepped in and said, "Listen, you know, this is kind of where we're at right now." I you know the lack of transparency I think is a disservice to everybody that was competing. Do I think that an online competition on Forza, you know, a pro series could take place? No, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, the this reason I don't think it, question, well, so yeah, the, 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 the reason I think that I, I I think part of the reason is is they realized that running a pro series really wasn't going to be worth it because to be quite honest with you, Forza unfortunately falls into that category of the racing is you know with the camera angles is not interesting. Yeah, and it's um, not it's not good to watch. It so, is very much the cinematic, right. It's just like our factor. The thing is with our factor is that you know we we are the race has you know brought in and or paid for for drivers to compete in their series, mm-hmm. and people aren't going to do that on Forza, right? You, you, like you're not going to be able to like I we couldn't go out to a pro driver. Let's say I don't know. Um, well, I'll use a good example. Use um, oh crap, no, I can't think of his name. Just, just use Dale Earnhardt Jr. for an example. No, Ash Ash Sutton. There. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that works. That's actually. I was, I, was think, that last, I was thinking of his last name, right? Um, yeah. So, so you couldn't, you know, if we were to run, you know, say, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, just drawing a parallel here, like the most recent touring car that we have on Forza is the Audi RS3. Um, it's a TCR car. Yeah. You know, if we wanted to run a invitational race with, you know, and have pro drivers and you know, I call celebs, you're not going to go to Ash, who has experience at Forza, and say, "Hey, do you want to go do this?" They're going to go, "Well, no." That doesn't make any well, sense. He has like, experience why would you as well? Yeah, Ex- exactly. But that and that and that's that right, which would be even more of a hey, like this would make you know the most sense. Yeah, but exactly. it wouldn't for him because racing on Forza versus what one does on a simulator versus real life is just it's that far different um running a pro series i mean do i think it would be awesome if they you know they did an online frc maybe sometime this summer when things start to calm down yeah i, th- I think it'd be great um but there's a lot of work that has to go into uh into making it and then there's also the return on the investment on um on uh, on running things correctly, you know, I mean, the broadcast has come a long way. I will it give has. them that, you know, it's yeah. come a long way. Um, you know, the the broadcasting crew that they have, the personnel that they have, is fantastic. Um, you know, you have Shay Adam, you have Katie Osborne, you have Ali, you have Mellish. Um, you know, they're all very experienced. You have um, Latigress, you know, Gabby, you know, yeah. she's great. And you had Kate Yeager who stopped, who stepped in um, last minute with the um, with the finals in Burbank. And she's obviously new to the scene, so she's kind of learning the ropes of how Forza works, and we're not an easy bunch to please. Um, but, you know, there's still more work that needs to be done. You know, that that's the work that we should have been, that the team should have been doing this winter. 
and and you know none of us have been doing anything because they've just they just do their own thing you know mm-hmm. and i think the the biggest reason why it's kind of a it's kind of a no for me is is the elephant in the room is that Forza 7 was released in 2017 it's an old yeah. game and the new game which has doesn't have an official title yet it's it's going so i think at this point it was a do we run a an online pro series and put forth all this effort on a game that's old that people don't really want to watch no it's not really worth it you know as much as it would be you know as great as it would be i I, you know the return on the investment there i i I understand why you know we're we're blessed uh, to have had forza racing championships you know even last year you know on a two-year-old game yeah you know with varying returns you know we're blessed to have le mans eastward who is still running their pro series which thankfully that was online to begin with yeah you know that you know and they're you know the le mans final will now take place whatever le mans takes place you know i mean it's been delayed till september but you know we'll kind of see how that one goes is obviously that could change mm-hmm. um also community sites are seeing a pretty decent like rise in numbers i mean now, we keep having record-breaking endurances um, this year. And on, like you said, a two-year-old game. So, it's even a half-year-old game at this point. I was going to yeah. say, by the time the next one gets launched, it's going to be over three years old. Yeah, and we might learn more in June whenever E3, whenever, um, uh, E3 was supposed to happen, which that's canceled now, too. So Did they cancel uh, it altogether be... or not postpone it? No, yeah, I believe yeah, they canceled, canceled it altogether. Well, hopefully we still get some announcements out of it, like you said. Yeah, they, they're they're gonna I do mean, they're gonna do online announcements, I think. Which yeah. honestly, I mean, that's another thing I think that they should just start moving towards because setting. I mean, it's great to have like those conventions and things, but you know, yeah. with Sony moving away a couple of years ago, and yeah, I mean, the writing was on the wall. Like them, them taking, uh, uh, e3, you know, e three being canceled at this point isn't so much of a as big of a deal, I think it's people are making it out to be like it is, yeah. but it is. Yeah, well, and you know, yeah, you don't get your Sony hands on a... the just two minutes ago announced item. Yes, and you know, if Sony's going to have this big press announcement talking about their new stuff, you know, Microsoft will have one too. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, so we'll probably get something in June, whether or not that's like. They're going to be well, up the. Well, I know one thing we're not getting. We're not getting a 24 hour race in France. <laughs> not, not in, not, not in real life, but not in. in uh... life. No, unfortunately. <laughs> no, not, not in June, but in September. I'm sure that there will be. Um, I'm sure something will get sorted. Yeah. So, in short, turn 10, do better. Come on. <laughs> Now, come on! No, just, just, just send an email. That's all I ask. Just, yeah. just keep people. Just, yeah, you know, do better. And th- this, this is the last thing I'll say on it because obviously, turns had kind of been, there's been a bit of a shellacking. And I said this in my tweet, and I'll, I'll reiterate it. Um, they don't owe us anything. You know, the, the yeah. amount that they've given the Forza community for championships is well beyond the pale of what anyone would ever expect. You know, we had a two hundred fifty thousand dollar tournament. Okay. That is well beyond, you know, you know, F1 esports is, I think, 500000 for the whole series, right? We had $250,000, essentially, for, like, a seven-week series. It's incredible. Um, and, you know, 2017, we went to Le Mans. 2018, you know, had various events. You know, we had events in Seattle, Mexico City, and London. Um, you know, 2017, we had New York and aforementioned Le Mans. And, you know, you know, they don't owe us anything. 
in terms of a competition. I what I do think that they owed us. I think that they owe the teams a common courtesy just to be like, hey, like this is what's going on. You know, we're going to be transparent about it because right now, um, te- you know, the the teams that have just signed, you know, even you know myself with Lazarus, you know, our roster, you know, we're going to have to uh, the guys are, you know, we're going to compete in Le Mans Esports, try to hold off Red Bull for. Um, for the win in the online pro series, but you know, beyond that, you know, our our season has just been shortened up. You know, there's other events. You know, there's other esports that have you know experienced similar cuts. Uh, but we're gonna have to start you know diversifying our portfolio and figuring out what exactly we're gonna do, what titles we're gonna be in, and things like that. You know, because we're gonna have to make a change because Forza's no longer it. Mm-hmm. And then there's that. Yep. So with the last. We'll call it 21 minutes of the show. Um, we want to give everyone kind of a beginner's guide to sim racing. Well, um, hopefully we can squeeze this in. Yeah, hopefully we can squeeze this in. because This is something we could talk about for five days straight. Yeah, exactly. Um, just because sim racing is not as simple as one would expect. Um, there's many different avenues that you can go down through. So I think what I would personally recommend is determine the type of experience that you want before you get started. Like, are you wanting to have a full-blown sim? Like, the most realistic tire model possible? The most realistic style of racing possible? Or are you looking for something just a little bit more user-friendly? Something a little sim-like, if you will. Um, Where you don't need to worry about having the right tire compound. Where you don't need to worry about... um, Gee, if I inflate this tire by half percent more will that give me more grip and things like that something Um, less engineering something yeah it's a little bit more accessible something a little bit more there for fun versus being like hardcore to the hardcore with that so the first thing we want to talk about is the difference between a console versus a pc where what direction should you go in um just to get started um, what's the cost of entry? What's the ease of access? And what game or sim should you pick up? Um, if you are starting out with not much of a in the way of money, probably the easiest cost of entry would be to go the console route. Um, whether you go Xbox or PlayStation, that's up to you, ultimately. Um, kind of what we alluded to when we were talking about E3 is that both of those consoles are standing to be replaced within the next um, nine months or so. Holiday 2020 is pretty big margin when you think about it. So um, if you're looking to get into sim racing, you just want to pick up a console, um, check eBay, check your GameStop, something along those lines. Get a decently, like, gently used one that you can use until it becomes time to upgrade or or something along those lines. Um, Well, if I may branch out on that Ben and oh, it's actually kind of a good year to get into sim racing if you're going to go the console route especially when it comes down to the holiday times because whenever the new thing comes out the new latest and greatest shiny thing comes out a lot of the older stuff that is still brand new will be on sale for ridiculously cheap prices this is true so I mean if you don't want the latest and greatest shiny thing and you just want to give it a shot and try out what it's like or if it's something that you're into, I would say the console way would be the way to do it, especially around the holiday season this year. Yeah, most definitely. And the, th- the thing with also going the console route is that um the um your choices of games on the consoles basically reality, it's basically 
two or three um, per each. I mean, Forza is pretty much the main um, Xbox game, even though we just spent 20 minutes trashing the developer of said game. Um, and the for PlayStation, the main one you're pretty much going to look at is Gran Turismo Sport. Now, whether you want to do F1, you can get that on both consoles. Um, and Project Cars, you can get on both consoles. Yes, thank you. I was trying to. I was, there was another one I wanted to think of, and I couldn't get the words. Yeah, Project Cars Two is on both consoles. Yeah, you didn't have to say it. That game's yeah. awful. <laughs> um, on console, yeah, it is. <laughs> but, but I think you two will agree with this. By and large, the what you have available to you on the console, it's not going to be as sim heavy as something you can get on PC. I can agree with that to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as we've seen, actually, just talking about Project Cars, um, the console version of it, they basically tried to get the PC version to work on a console version. didn't work, so they dumbed it down, or dumb it down being layman's terms, uh, yeah. to make it work, which it sacrificed a lot on the game. Uh, playing the PC version of the exact same game, it is substantially better. All the same features are still there, but the actual experience that you get is extremely better. Yeah, and the same goes for a set of course. The original set of course title was that it was great on PC, but by the time they got it to a console, they changed so much of the game that part of what makes it a good sim it was kind of lost. Yeah, fully agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, Assetto, Assetto on console is uh, the, the first one was not a good time, and that's why uh, a lot of people, you know, that took to Twitter when they made the announcement that Assetto Corsa Competizione is going to be coming to console uh, this summer. Yeah, people are going, "Well, hold on, yeah, yeah. let's wait well, until we get it before yeah. we say this is going to be great or, yeah. or not we're great." All, you know, we're all a bit con- in the console world. We're all a bit concerned about how ACC is going to be like on the console. And at the same time, they're not the ones that are going out there tooting their horn saying that this is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, unlike what we got with Slightly Mad Studios with Project Cars. Mm -hmm. And now Slightly Mad Studios is now owned by Codemasters, so we see how well that worked out for them. Um, Well, well, not even so much that, I mean... I could I could rail against them. I mean, I'm slightly mad at P cars and even before you know, and the games that they work on before that. You know, they promised the world and gave us a a bag of trash. And even even Project Cars, you know, there's there's a reason why Project Cars Two Esports just didn't. You know, they were supposed to be the number one esports game you know in the world, and yeah. uh, they Hashtag did sports ready. Well, they did less than pretty much any game at all. Everybody, yeah. yeah. I mean, they. I think that they. Ha- I mean, they had more esports on on Dirt Rally. They had more. You know, I mean, yeah. They they <laughs> talk about people that drop ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They're so bad that we don't even rag on them. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they, yeah. They don't even or make the match. Anyway, uh, um, uh, back on target. I think because we're going back to slagging off games. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome to the Tour Radio Show, where we always slag off developers. Um, no, 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 to the no, 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 no. Sometimes we're point. on topic. Your point about consoles, though, um, obviously, you know, getting into esports, getting into competitions. I think right now, you know, the, um, you know, your, your choices on console are GT Sport with with PS4, which mm-hmm. I mean, the FIA series, you know, take it or leave it. It's uh, it's good for what issues. it is. Yeah, there's been some recent issues with um, the penalty system, the amount that you have to race. There's all sorts of just there's some flaws. 
Yes. I'll just put it that way. Um, but there's a lot Lewis. more. Well, there, but there's a lot more strategy in racing. Yeah. Um, whether that be fuel usage, tire usage, uh, you know, you know, things like that. The car yeah, selection was... obviously is obviously a lot less. So the cars are all four stock. You know, <laughs> and when you do those competitions or whatever, you know, it's it's there's a little bit there's a little bit less going on with those there. Yeah. Um, on the Forza side, honestly, like the biggest thing going on for Forza actually is Tora. Uh, yeah, you know, which 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 sounds really strange, but with Forza RC canceled, I mean, uh, what what did we what did we have for for Sebring? We had like two hundred and it was over two hundred fifty. It was a pretty big just, turnout. I will say that. What did you guys have? Five lobbies? We had four. Four. five or six. We had four. Oh, lobbies, you did have four, but we had. Um, I think we actually did have over eighty teams that did sign up. Actually, we, we had to increase the our um, entry cap because we had so many teams sign up. I was um, going to say you. I think we actually. I won't go into detail on I that. I don't think we had the record-breaking number of drivers we had, just because with like Sebring we had um, possible teams of two that could race, so we had fewer drivers involved, but same amount of teams, um, same amount of your Forza RC competitors also taking part taking part in the race. Actually, not to think about it, both the winning entries from both classes are FRC drivers oh i mean that that's always going to be the case i mean yeah. it, before frc after frc it was this in this the usual suspects normally went out yeah. which which i guess for you know in forza is i guess one of its one of the downfalls is that those are those that are good at the game uh it's kind of a you know there's been people that have tried and there have been a few people that have improved over time but mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean the, the usual suspects still win. You know, when you have a when you, like in the prototype class, you always expect um, your likes of Commando or Scottson or Harmonic or those to, you know to do battle up up towards the front. And if yeah. they're not racing, then you do have new names. I mean, this Sebring was won by uh, Hydra and Chasma. It was a, a newer, you know, they're two new guys to the scene, and uh, you know, credit to them. Yeah. You know, there was there was there was some, you know, like Commando didn't race this time. You know, like there was there was there was a little bit different entry list than normal. Daytona was more of the the usual suspects type thing but i yeah. think with uh i think with um with forza rc not running i th- you know and then lems finally you know when it ends at the end of april when we have you know bigger events later this year i think that that's when people go okay well we don't have anything else to do on forza either people are gonna either just not show or they're gonna if they're gonna compete that's what they're gonna do you know mm-hmm. all right well we've kind of off another Forza tangent, which <laughs> oh, we so can we talk about the drawback of a console which yeah. we're going to experience at the end of this year is that they're constantly being replaced yeah that yeah. And, which i do one thing i do like and it, we've been seeing it for the last two generations now is that before what was it like every third year there would be a new console that's coming out and now they've they've extended it to about a five or six now which that's a good saving grace, I would say, on that, because then you don't have as big of an investment to make when it comes to the latest and greatest console, if you choose to stay with the latest and greatest, mm-hmm. as opposed to if you have a PC, you want to stick with the latest and greatest computer processing. All you got to do is just go out and basically upgrade your PC for depending on how much RAM space you want to have Yeah, the, the or processing. Is, yeah, it, well – that's actually transitioned to talking about PC. The thing with PC is that the cost for entry is going to be much higher just because when you get to sim games like Assetto Corsa Cuttissione and um, 
iRacing to some extent, you're going to need to have a fairly beefy system. Um, just because of... Well, not uh, so much with iRacing, actually. Well, iRacing doesn't iRacing, really draw too much. Yeah, well, iRacing is also a, a sim that you can run on basically a potato. Um, yeah. As I don't remember which driver from NASCAR was... Um, I don't remember who it was, but they had to... They're basically racing on a laptop um, in this huge nationally televised um, event. Um, they're basically racing on a laptop where they had to have a plate of ice and a fan keeping their computer cool throughout the entire event. I don't yeah, know it's, who it was now. Yeah, it's not very laptop friendly, but when it comes to a desktop PC, it definitely runs on hardly anything at all. Yeah, and like you said, with like when you want to upgrade your PC, sometimes, depending on what you're upgrading, that could cost as much as one whole console. Best way I could describe it when it comes to initial costs on that is that the consoles are cheap initially, but you have to change them out of every five years. PC is expensive, but in the long term, it will end up being cheaper for you. When it comes to PC, you have a better or a wider variety of selection of um, sim-heavy titles. So iRacing, R-Factor, Race Room, I said, of course, the Competizione. Um, um, those are the games that they're main selling point is that they are a sim title and that's what they're focusing on and you can really tell when you drive the game it's like iRacing has a completely different feel from Assetto Corsa um, a race room feels completely different so um, you yeah have, each one has their own nuances just like what we have with consoles as well yeah. so you have many options on PC it depends upon like do you want to go full gambit like race everything from a Miata up to a Nintendo prototype. That's yeah. your racing. Um, do you are you just interested in GT racing? Then you're pretty much just gonna go towards a set of Corsa, a set of Corsa. Because they have yeah. basically every single G T three car on the market right now and they're gonna be adding G T four cars as well. Yeah. And if you want a smorgasbord of everything that is everything, then you go R Factor out. Or race room, but race room you do have to pay for everything. Bang for buck when it comes to your sim racing experience, or if you want to call it sim or your game experience, I would say R Factor is the way to do it because there's so much stuff out there that is free. Yeah. So much stuff, tracks, cars, anything. Now, in the last couple minutes of the show, let's just quickly touch on wheels, pedals, shifters, and sim rigs. This conversation. It's myself. exactly the same thing as a PC or a console sort of thing. Yeah, it, this could be another hour just on this. When it comes to wheels, pedals, and shifters, it's not a pay-to-win thing. It, it depends on what your kind of your option, or what, what you're looking for. Uh, you can get direct drive wheels, where it's basically as close as you can get to what it feels like to drive a car, or you can get a Logitech G920, which is not going to have nearly the same feel, but you're still on a wheel and that's gonna make a difference at the end of the day whenever you're doing something like iRacing or um, to some extent like, correct me if I'm wrong Tyler, isn't Gran Turismo Sport actually faster on the wheel than it is the controller? Uh, to some extent. Yes and no. To yes and no. Um, there, there were people that made uh, before they, well let me. I'll put this one. When the game first came out and they had their first competitions in, tw- in 2018, there were people that were competing on controllers that made it to LAN, but then for the LAN events, they were forced to get onto a wheel. So, mm. 
you could make it um but it was it's hard i would say for the layman it's harder but yeah, it yeah was the possible. transition it, it, it was possible um when i was playing it you know i have a ps4 and i played it for a little while uh i was definitely a lot quicker on a wheel than i was on a controller i'll say that um those who have played gt sport for or gran turismo for a long time they understood how to you know race on a controller so that was a little you know they had an advantage that way and they were able to you know to keep up to speed but i think a wheel for most people would is a better option if you're on gt sport the only real esport or the you know title that people consistently compete on a controller on or a gamepad is forza it's the one exception to the rule we discussed this in the past i think it's because the game is designed for a controller that's why yeah yeah it's it's designed with yeah it's 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 designed with a controller in mind i was gonna say to use an industry term forza is very much a simcade it, it, it's and, not, and, and not, not trying to throw an insult at you there, Tyler, but Simcade has in the fact that you can be just as competitive with a controller as you I can was, with no, 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 no. I was going to say it leans more towards arcade. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah. I was going the other way with it. I thought your thought process was going the other way. Okay. No, so, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, Sim, no, I mean, to me, yeah, no, it's, I mean, there are things that you do on at the top level on four. I mean, every title is like that. There's always these weird, little funky things that make the game work. I mean, tuning things on Forza, there's just there's certain things that you do and how you like build cars and stuff that absolutely make no sense, but it just works. Yeah. Um, like um, the the E-NASCAR series where at Daytona they had all the cars jacked up in the front because it was yeah. getting really out of the... And it was making yeah. cars faster, things like that. You mean yeah. the things that we did on Forza since Forza 4? Yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah. <laughs> That's nothing new. I mean, the, the Carolina squats nothing new, even even in eye racing. But it's it was <laughs> hilarious to watch. Yeah, yeah, hilarious to watch, and then to see people comment afterward that didn't realize that that's a thing that you could do on eye racing. Talking about oh, oh that's so unrealistic. <laughs> I've I've yeah, never seen it. I've never seen it in a pro competition. To be fair, and there's only a certain amount of people that did it with a new package. But yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You know, you got an eight inch spoiler. You're trying to get you know trying to get the air off of it. That's you put the body up in the air and the air's gonna go over it. So it yep. makes sense. exactly. Yeah, I mean, so, literally made. Anything, it's a proof that their physics engines work. Yeah, it 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 does. It does. I'm just waiting. Well, now they're on, uh, it's too bad that we can't test because under quarantine. I want to see someone with like a three inch ride height in the front <laughs> on, a, <laughs> on, a, on a new jet NASCAR. I want to uh, see it. Three inch ride height in the front while on the brakes. Yes, exactly <laughs> it. Yikes. Um, yeah. Anyways, back. I suppose back on track. Yeah. With, uh, I mean, the, the wheel, your wheel and pedal setup, I guess, is a uh, like you, you know you said at the beginning of the broadcast. It depends on what you want to, you know, what you're looking to get into. But yeah. at the same time, you don't know until you start getting into it because you'll eventually, you'll eventually upgrade your setup. Like yeah. it's just you know you're oh, either gonna I'm... like it, you're either gonna like it or you don't. It's just yeah. it's how I'm... willing are you to, you know, what level do you want to start at. And I think that also it might deter people one way or another because if if you kind of go in with a the the thing with like with like i racing uh, I'll use them as a specific example because I used to do i racing mm-hmm. um, for two or three years you have to just jump in feet first like there's there's no you know there's no trial method you know you can't try the you know at the time they never had test drive mode when I was when I was on it yeah. um, th- there's no trial 
version of that game. I mean, and the and the paywall to get into iRacing and also with a lack of experience, you know, it, it's very daunting, you know, for someone to come in um, completely new to iRacing and then to try to build their way up um, is very difficult because not only do you have to, A, learn how the game works, but B, uh, build your iRating up. And then even that, if you do that, you could do as much as you want. Um, but in terms of, you know, getting up there and like the endurance races that we do, like the similar ones that we do yeah. on, on Toro, like to get into that top split, like you have to be one of the absolute very best in the game to do that. I mean, something that kind of struck me as odd was, uh, you had Garrett Smithley, right. Who's a you know professional NASCAR driver. Yeah. Um, they asked him, you know, they were talking or maybe it was Landon Castle, one of the two they were asking him about, um, you know, racing. And he was talking about like, normally he was, he normally was in split two. A professional driver not in the highest split on iRacing, so you can understand, the, you know, the uh, just just the high level, you know, the high threshold to get into that, you know, that yeah. upper echelon. So for those that come from, say, like a Forza perspective, you know, that are, you know, maybe the Detora or you know other events, you know, towards they're towards the top of the charts, and they get to iRacing, like, oh yeah, I'm like pulling my lobby, and then you look and you're in like split twelve of like twenty one, you're like, oh well. You know, it, it kind of takes away from that. You know, yeah. you can, you can not only and it that, can be disheartening have, as well. Yeah, well, not only that, but having to pay fifteen dollars a track and twelve dollars a car. I mean, it's one of those. You just you, you sit there and you go, okay. I mean, you're gonna make a four to six hundred dollar investment on tracks if you want to get into those higher level series. You know, once you get out of the rookies, you know those car, you know cars and tracks you need. You know, they run a twelve week series. And for like classes uh, D and C, they try to they try to keep it to where there's at least I think four free tracks, so only eight of them are uh, paid. Mm-hmm. And then once you get up into B class and A class, it, it doesn't matter at that point. You know, it's it, you know there might be a free track, but that's not necessarily a guaranteed one. And with the amount of tracks that they have now, you know, with all the changes that they make, it's. Uh, I mean, I probably spent probably five six hundred dollars on iRacing content. Right, five or six hundred dollars on iRacing content over three years uh, to basically to the point now where if I wanted to get back into it now, I'd probably have to dump like eighty ninety dollars into it to get the tracks and cars that I wanted. Yep, because um, it's been about five years since I competed on iRacing full time. But and yeah, at the same time, you're speaking from a perspective of somebody who wants to have a very broad experience. To an extent, yeah, but you well, know, like a normal experience. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yes and um, no. Yes and no. I mean, it, because it, it, that's just focusing on road racing. Like that's not even. Yeah. I don't. I don't have any content for oval, and I was on iRacing well before they got into dirt. So yeah, I was going to say that the biggest reason why I got into iRacing, and this is my experience on it, they did it the right way. If you ask me, is that basically you get when they first started with the dirt, you had three tracks that were or three or four tracks that were already made that or they converted over and it was free for you and every season that they've added on or every year or whenever they do it they add on one more track that you got to pay for but if you wanted to race sprint cars you got three different sprint cars for the price of one or same with thing with a late model um the only thing that i remember having a, or actually even the ump modified i got that with a midget and a legends car i believe it was mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, they they did it right on that aspect on the dirt side, where if seeing how it's brand new and people are just starting to get into it, and to encourage people going over there, they gave you packs of three for the price of one. 
Meanwhile, I've been on iRacing for about three weeks now, and I still haven't bought anything. So, and then there's that aspect. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can get a decent experience without having to spend a dime on iRacing and just basically pay for your membership fee. Yeah. And I, when I get into the higher uh, classes, because let's be honest, I haven't played the game enough to not be a rookie yet. So I'm still rookie in everything. I'll be working on that. All right, rest assured. Um, but yeah, no wonder I, you haven't bought anything. The rookies, you don't have to pay for anything. That's what yeah, you exactly, get out of there. Exactly. Whenever I get out of the rookies, I'll start looking into, okay, what do I actually really want in this game? Because it's going to become expensive. <laughs> so speaking of, back onto the wheel sus- or subject over there, if you want something for fairly cheap that you can expand on and kind of make it the way you want to, I would suggest anything Thrustmaster kind of thing. Yes. Because you can really at- update the out of a base system on that. Yeah, if you're looking at wheels, pedals, and shifters, it's like there's pretty much your three main manufacturers that everyone will talk about. Um, Logitech, Thrustmaster, and Fnatic. Uh, Logitech is usually very beginner-friendly because both of the wheels that they come with an Xbox or a PlayStation version with both versions being um, PC-compatible, um, you can get that for less than $200. Um, Thrustmaster, you're getting a little bit more expensive. Um, there's a little bit more customizable uh, wheel options. Um, you're going to probably, if you're buying just brand new Thrustmaster stuff, you're probably going to spend uh, $600, something like that. Then there's Fnatic. Where that's gonna, uh, that's the one you're going to shell out cubic money for. Yes, you'll be spending well over 1000 whenever you get into the Fnatic realm. Um, yeah, uh, Tyler, just curious, what type of wheel do you use? I've got a Thrustmaster wheel with Fnatic pedals. Normally, I didn't know that could work P- on PC. On PC they're all yeah. it's all USB. Yeah, I also have a Thrustmaster TGT. The the, the only reason I didn't get um, a Fnatic wheel, and honestly, I, I regret it now, is because I was looking to make a run when uh, qualifying for the LAN events on GT Sport in the Americas region wasn't quite so difficult, and I felt like I had a chance. And then the competition started tightening up, and then they changed all the rules for eligibility. So yeah, it, it didn't end up working out so hot. I need to still sell my TGT because it's just sitting in my closet now. So so anybody who's looking to get into the wheel market, we know somebody who's selling a wheel. Anyway, um, we've gone pretty much like two minutes over our allotted time. Oh, hey, I think it's time to wrap up the show. Yeah, we need to wrap up the show. So basically, if you're interested in esports, there's not just our guides. There's plenty of other guides out there that you can find that will break things down much more than we have. Um, Getting into esports is pretty easy as long as you know what you want to do going into it. And the last thing I want to share is that there is no right way to get into esports. With this wheel and these pedals, you can do this. And you can only do it that way. It's very customizable for what you want your experience to be. How much money that you're willing to spend and other things like that. Um, It's time to close the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with another show, I guess. (laughs) So until then... I believe the Brits are going to have... Yeah, the Brits are the next one. Uh, You'll probably hear us again in two weeks. So, until then, bye for now. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.